Hey everyone, and welcome to our season finale of Cozying Up with the Clear Cut. We have a special episode today. I'm sitting down with my husband slash co-founder, Kyle, and we're doing things a little bit differently, kind of just talking through like how we founded the business, um, kind of little like secret behind the scenes stories throughout the years. And yeah, it's going to be super fun. So tune in. Hey everyone, and welcome to the season finale of Cozying Up the Clear Cut, where we typically get up close and personal with women that inspire us. But today we're having a special edition episode with myself and my co-founder slash husband, Kyle. A lot of you always ask me, how do I work with my husband? How did we start our business? Um, so we're going to get into all of that. Um, Hi, Kyle. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's an this, honor. <laughs> this is a, a new experience for us. We've never done a podcast together. We've done podcasts on the same team. Like, like we've been interviewed together, but never with, with you asking just each other. Yeah. I'm not. Well, it's a conversation. I'm not going to be just like interviewing. I mean, asking you questions. Of course. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, Kyle and I um, started the clear cut together and we'll give you like just a little bit of background on how that happened, the ins and outs, all the juicy details, and um, answer some questions that you guys asked on Q&A the other day. So I'll get started. Um, I personally, I graduated from NYU in 2013. I'm super old now. Um, my family was always in the diamond and jewelry business. So on my dad's side of the family, they were all uh, diamond cutters and dealers. Um, my dad's originally from Antwerp, Belgium, which used to be like the diamond cutting like capital of the world. And my mom and my dad um, started their own antique jewelry business. So I grew up around diamonds and jewelry my whole life, but never really thought I'd go into it because they were like, oh, it's a dying business. Like, don't do it. Um, but after graduating from college, as many of you probably felt similarly. I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of lost. And I decided to enroll at GIA, uh, the Gemological Institute of America here in New York, to become a graduate gemologist. It was kind of just like a way for me to extend my schooling a little bit longer by six months and uh, stay in the city. So I did that. And while I was there, I not only fell in love with diamonds and gemstones, but I also um, spotted this cute boy and I met Kyle while I was there um and but he came from like a really different background so tell him your background yeah so I'm not from a fourth generation you know diamond family it wasn't predestined for me I never actually thought I would ever go into diamonds um I, I was really involved in politics and and political science was my major and when I graduated college I actually had the opportunity to work in Africa and Sierra Leone in, in on a political campaign which was a pretty transformational life experience, but it's kind of a story for another day. Um, but through that journey, um, I had an opportunity then to start a fair trade diamond mining company, um, but I didn't know anything about diamonds at the time. And so my investors in that venture said, there's this thing called GIA, it's in New York. And I was, you know, sleeping on the floor in Sierra Leone without electricity and running water. And I saw the opportunity to go to New York and I said, I'm, I'm in. Um, so it was really for me a kind of like an excuse that I, my investors thought was a great idea for me. And I was just excited to be in New York. So moved to New York, um, enrolled in GIA, got immersed in the world of diamonds, which I really knew nothing about. So to clarify, um, I was in the graduate gemologist program for anyone that's like looking into these programs, which is like a six month if you're doing it in person program where you do like 
first the diamonds course, which is six weeks, and then you do like colored stones and everything for the rest of the time. But Kyle came later while I was in colored stones to do the diamonds course. So he was getting his diamonds graduate. It's a long winded way of saying Olivia's more qualified to be no, a gym I'm just, I'm just laying, I'm just, well, yes, but I'm also laying out the timeline so people like understand the overlap. Correct, correct. I was in the shorter program, graduate diamonds. Olivia was in the more extensive graduate yes, gemologist program. Yes, um, um, Not that we're equally the same amount of experts in diamonds i just have like colored stones in no i think you're more of an expert in diamonds <laughs> i think i think i, I can concede but not that. at that time anyway not at that time and not at this time yeah um <laughs> but um went to that program it was really eye-opening you know most of my classmates were from around the world from like families like olivia's that had worked in the industry or had you know much bigger jewelry families sure but yeah. like that idea <laughs> of like this is what they always wanted to do it was weird school because it was super niche like no one really knew about it and you don't didn't really go there unless you like had some sort of family ties or something to the industry because who else goes to like diamond school um but yeah it was super fun and so we were in separate classes and but we had the same free periods so we had the same like lunch breaks whatever and we get out of like class at the same time so i kind of spotted kyle from like a mile away and i was like oh who is that cute boy? Because there weren't a lot of cute boys at GIA, just to be honest. Um, and but I like I saw him looking at me, but he like never came over to talk to me and he was always surrounded by all the girls. So I was like, hmm, how am I going to like approach this? It was situation? also like somewhat like intimate. There's only 20 <laughs> people in each class. So it's like if you're trying to like spit games, so to speak, it's like there's 40 people. Kyle there did watching. Not spit game. He did not spit game. <laughs> I had to chase him down and like hunt him down. So basically. We got out of class at the same time and we both took, I think it was like the F train or something, but he was going like uptown and I was across the platform and I was going downtown at the time. So I'd always see him taking that same train every day. So as the stalker in me does, one day I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to like follow him. I saw him like walking in front of me to the train. So I was like, I'm just going to follow him and go uptown and whatever, see what happens. So I like jumped on his train and I was like, oh, like I've seen you like around school, like. I already took your class. Like, I'm really, really good at diamonds. Like, if you want me to, you know, tutor you or whatever. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. Where are you going? And I had no idea where this train went. And I was like, I don't know, like three stops from here. And, and then I thought I was being nice because it had been like four stops. And I was like, hey, I think uh, <laughs> you, you missed your stop. And I was like, oh, shit. And I like jumped off the train and I had no idea where I was. So I like took a taxi home. But, <laughs> but I got your number. So. Yeah. And the rest is history. Basically, we just started hanging out like every day after class and like but, started dating right away. Yeah. And then I actually moved back to Africa for like six months. So we didn't. Yes, you other. did. But you are missing an important distinction after like literally like a month of dating kyle told me he loved me that's true but it turned out to be a little a little too early it turned out to be okay because we got married <laughs> yeah that's true at the end of the day it worked out but i was like oh my god yay but then he was like okay love you bye going to africa for like six months like not gonna see you so that wasn't that cool but we spoke every single day like for like I don't know how many weeks, like 20 weeks or something. We spoke every single night, which is more difficult than it seems in Sierra Leone. In fact, actually, there was one night we didn't speak. Like, yeah, I because his like car broke down. I knew like I have I'm very neurotic and I'm like, oh, my God, when I call my mom and like she doesn't answer, I'm like, oh, my God, something terrible happened, which is like what happened that night. But something did something terrible did happen. So I wasn't wrong. And now every time someone doesn't answer my phone, I like freak out. <laughs> yeah. And so you were kind of trying to make your way in the industry. 
and you worked at Tiffany for a while. Yeah, so Kyle went back to Africa. Um, I started working at Tiffany on the engagement floor um, here in New York, like the flagship store on Fifth Ave. Which and I told you to do, because I was like, you yeah, need the yeah, brand yeah. name. Okay, da, yeah. da, 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 da. Everything everything that I've done, it's because Kyle told me to do. <laughs> um, but yes, it's true, he encouraged me to apply. Um, and it was a great experience. I really fell in love with like engagement rings, diamonds specifically, that's where I like kind of got into that niche. Um, and then, I started working after Tiffany at a large diamond wholesale company and that and Kyle came back to visit me from Africa and like a lot of shit went down. Yeah, I came back from Africa and your mom took us to Mr. Chow for her birthday and that was nice and my <laughs> back kind of hurt and I was like, I don't know what that's about, but like whatever. And then like I woke up in the middle of the night in like excru excruciating pain. And um, I like woke up and I like WebMD'd it. I was like, oh, you have a kidney stone. And, and so, I diagnosed him correctly. And he had a kidney stone from being like really dehydrated in Africa. So he had to stay with me longer. So then I was basically <laughs> living out of a suitcase in Olivia's living room, more or less. Like I was sleeping in your room, but like all my stuff was like by the front door still. He like stealthily moved in with me. Like he just came to visit and just literally never left. Well, the thing was there was like, I had left Sierra Leone because I was sick or whatever. Like it worked out fine. And then like, there was this disease like spreading. Ebola. Or, yeah, which happened to be Ebola. And I was like, whatever. There was like another disease like every day out there. Like I did not care. Um, but quickly, like it started to like spread and like ravage the country. And like even there was a little scale in the US and people started freaking out. Um, and so they kind of closed down travel. And then like, you know, fast forward a few months, like the business started to fall apart. And like my whole world started to fall apart. And then. I was just some dude living in Olivia's yeah, apartment. Kyle tricked me um, <laughs> when I met him. He was like, oh, I own a diamond mine in Africa. And he like flew me like business class to Paris. And like he would take me to fancy restaurants. And then he ended up just being like a squatter that was like jobless. Yeah. Like a couple months later. And and I think the thing was, <laughs> so I went through some like hard times after that. Yeah, uh, it was really hard for you to like get a job. Because everyone's like, oh, cool. You're 24 years old and you started a diamond mine in Africa. But you have like, literally no other experience. That's how do we like, because I was basically too experienced to, I was too inexperienced because of my age to have a really senior role somewhere. But I was too inexperienced to be put in a senior role somewhere. Or like people thought even when I wanted like a more junior role, they're like, oh, he's going to come in with an attitude because he's like overqualified. And I was like, I will literally do anything for money. So what did you end up doing? So I made smoothies. So <laughs> not we were, initially. So we were so desperate for Kyle to get a job because like he applied like everywhere and one day we were just walking down the street and i saw this like smoothie store was like now hiring and i was like honestly like you should just apply there but this was like after i i would it took a lot it was after a while i would spend every day i think it did like at least and my goal was like 10 applications a day to <laughs> companies and yeah. i wasn't even getting like interviews people were like incredible story like no it was like desperate times but then you killed it and made amazing smoothies and you like rose up the ranks in that smoothie store pretty quickly well i think while still studying because then we were like maybe you should go to business school or well something. then i was like i need to go to business school because everyone's saying i don't have, like the foundational skills so like fine i'll go to business school and it also happened that the smoothie store was owned by a girl who just graduated columbia business school and had started that so then she had this weird relationship with me where like everyone's making minimum wage and like you know was you know not... also those people work the hardest out of anyone ever oh for sure i was on my feet all day like it was it making was like what like ten dollars ten dollars an hour like that's literally now. yeah i think it was less than that <laughs> i remember like getting into a taxi but like that's an hour's work like oh my god yeah um and literally like bringing home the expired food because i didn't want to pay for food we had a lot of expired 
juices that we drank were um, all, almost expired. Yeah, and like not wanting to ask my parents for money or anything, which like was also something you were. But and then you were like studying for the GMAT every day. Yeah, I was studying for the GMAT every single day, and like I was like it was like the ultimate like getting gaslit. Like I was like, how do I go from being like super successful, like raising millions of dollars for a venture, meeting with like the actual like presidents of countries, like to making smoothies on twenty third and sixth, or twenty second and sixth. <laughs> um, but. You know, now you I, got promoted to Penn Station at one oh, point. Oh yeah, I think it, the Penn Station opening <laughs> was a big moment in my career. Um, but I would literally, like, when I wasn't making smoothies, I would go to this place called the Atrium, which is on Fifty Third and Lex. It's like a public space, and I would sit there for five hours a day and just study for the GMAT. And, and you wouldn't pee all day. I wouldn't pee all, all day, and I would have to like wait till my friend Antonio would be on his lunch break so he could watch my books so I could run to the bathroom and then go back and study. Um, ultimately did all right on the GMAT and, um, and you got into Columbia, which I got was into amazing. Columbia, like it was like the, my first choice cause I wanted to be in New York with Olivia and it was the first school I applied to and it was round three and there's all sorts of drama there, but got into Columbia. Great. Continued to make smoothies at that point. Cause I was like, I'm still not making money. I'm like, <laughs> now I've got to go into $200,000 with the debt. Um, and that's yeah. when I was kind of with you. I was like, you need to like start. No, no, no. Oh, it, it started first with like your friends so like no but i'm saying even before that i was before before any of that i was always like you need to do like your own thing like the, you need to start a company you need to start a company even when i had my company like i started a company i was 22 years old it was crazy now like, i had no desire to start a company and i remember like gave you like a textbook on like the foundations of legal startup law and you were like just leave me alone like i don't want to do this yeah. um <laughs> and then you were like finally you're like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna start a blog on uh, like diamonds. But that was only after I started helping your friends. Okay, so yeah. you have to backtrack it. Back so it Kyle was at business school and like all of his friends wanted to get engaged around that same time. So they all went to Kyle because they knew he had a background in diamonds and was like, hey, like, do you know a guy that can help me get a good deal on a ring? Um, which like everyone asks here. And I was working in wholesale. So like I was that guy. So I helped like educate them, help pick out their diamonds, create their settings. So I was doing this for Kyle's classmates, like my friends, um, just kind of like on the side for fun. And then I realized like most people didn't know the first thing about buying a diamond. So I was like, hmm, you know what I can do? Cause Kyle's been badgering me. I can start a blog about diamonds. So yeah. I started the clear cut in January of 2016. Um, and it was basically just like for our friends and like people I was working like Kyle's classmates to learn about the do's and don'ts, the four C's before coming to work with me. And I think the thing was also you were a communications major, which you like always poo poo and like say that's like a dumb. I don't poo poo it. You poo poo it. I do not. Mm. I'm actually about to give you a big compliment okay. about And so you had a really strong understanding of like of communicating and also social media, which was relevant. I think you like ran Tyra Banks's Twitter for a while. That's a random fact. No one knows. I did. Um, but you like, like that was a time when like Instagram was super nascent. Like I think like you had 2000 Instagram followers, which back then was like a big deal. Personally. Yes. It yeah. was like an OG mini influence. And so you recognized <laughs> like, they think the power of that, or at least you at least understood, maybe not the power of it, but you understood how to use it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when you started the blog, you also started an Instagram account. Um, right. 
and I started posting some of the designs on Instagram. Um, I obviously like spammed all my friends and like forced them to follow the account, but then strangers started following the account and like people were DMing me and asking if I could like create their custom rings, like complete strangers. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I can do that. So it turned into, that's where it really like kind of blew up. It turned into this like accidental side hustle of custom engagement rings, like through Instagram DMs. Um, yeah, and, and yeah. so like I went through business school and I had kind of to business school with this attitude where, you know, starting a business is super hard and that ended very catastrophically for me. So I am not doing that. I have this fancy Ivy League degree that's really expensive. All our parents were like, Kyle should get a real job. And I was like, time. I was like, I, ne- I never had a job. The first time I ever made a resume really was for was for business school. Mm-hmm. And so they're like teaching me how to do a resume and I'm like super imposter syndrome. I'm in class with like all these kids who went to Harvard and Yale and like, you know, worked at Bank of America, did whatever they did. And I'm like, yeah, like I was like the coolest story, but like, I, I like really admired their backgrounds. Like, oh, you worked at McKinsey. Like, oh my God. I mean, that is impressive. No, it was, it was impressive. But they were all like, you started a fucking diamond mine in Africa? Like what the, like no one understood it. So I it was kind of tight with like a lot of the military guys because we all felt imposter syndrome. Anyway, fast forward. No, no, but I think it's important because I was like, I am never doing a startup again. Like that is, or like not in the near future. And so then I spent my summer at Goldman Sachs. It's like sweet. Like I put on a suit and got one of those fancy jobs. And then I, I mean, like, that was like the dream. job. It was the dream. It was the dream job. And it was everything I wanted. And I crushed it. And they got a full time offer. And they wanted to give me a bunch of money, like more money than I, I had ever made in my life. Um, but I was like, that, this kind of sucks. Like, this isn't fun. And like, you, well, I was watching your Instagram, you like grow and grow and grow and your following grow and grow. And you were selling rings to all my friends. I'm like, something's happening here. Yeah. And I was so at this point, I had like become a gemologist at a different company. And I was like running back and forth like selling hundreds of thousands of dollars of diamonds like on my lunch break before and after work and it was like super stressful and you were like you can't do both like you can't work full-time and be a good like full-time employee at your job and like have this be a successful like business exactly and it was like you like this could be really exciting and this was also i think the time where the generation right before me in business school was like warby parker and away luggage and glossier like they all came i think not glossier but the other ones all came out of Top it was around the schools. same time, yeah. And so, like, the D to C thing was like really hot at the yeah. moment, which is actually interesting because we chose like V one of D to C, V one D to C. And so it was like that was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, why don't we do this? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the challenge was the D to C playbook at the time was hire. I'm not gonna like throw shade on people, but hire one of the top New York creative agencies and give them a quarter million dollars right off the bat. That's like step one. Spend like a shitload on Facebook ads, like whatever. And like, and it was just like this playbook that everyone was doing at the same time that just didn't seem rational. It seemed so expensive. And like, Um, especially for like our product, it's like more customized. Or luxury really, right? Like there wasn't actually, and maybe there still aren't very many D2C luxury brands, Mm -mm. right? Um, So we, I was like, I turned down the job um to this mayor and my i was parents. like okay like again i'm the only person with a job great like i can't quit my job like someone has to make like some sort of money for us um so i was like i'm only gonna quit my job like i promise i will but only if we get into like an accelerator or like get some sort of like oh, investment money. exactly and so then i had to go back to like let's get a shitty job and like figure shit out so I graduated school without a job when all my friends had like crazy, amazing jobs. And I'm like, I'm doing the clear cut. And 
and everyone's like well olivia's not even doing the clear cut so like why are you doing that <laughs> especially my parents my parents are like well olivia's has a job like maybe yeah. you should get a job um but i would spend so much time like i met every single vc in new york and i would like give the same pitch and say the future of luxury was digital and da 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 da, da and, and no one get it. it was like your margins suck this isn't scalable and like diamonds aren't a great business and yeah, so which my parents always told me so probably and like i think good ideas like you know aren't always apparent right yeah so we had like i don't know 50 60 70 no's from like every elite vc in new york in san francisco like anyone you like respect in the consumer space has met with the clear cut and v1 had an opportunity to invest and said this is stupid so just that was an eye open and then you start to wonder like are all these smart people like correct like like are we like yeah you start questioning delusional? yourself and you're like uh you really i mean like if you're gonna start a business like you're gonna hear a lot of no's i mean most of the time unless like you're really lucky but i actually think it's good because you have to really really believe in what you're building because you're gonna dedicate like your whole time all your energy and like everything to it and i think the thing that was confusing for me at the time was it's like I started a diamond mine in Africa and raised millions of dollars at 22 years old for something so risky. I was like, I have an MBA from Colombia. Olivia has a social media following. We have hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales, like without even committing to it full time. This is going to be like a walk in the park to raise money for. And it wasn't. And it was so I felt like I didn't understand what was happening. Um, so long story short. I start looking for full-time jobs because like <laughs> it's like i think we actually got into like a pretty we had a blowout fight blowout fight where olivia's like get a job like this is stop dreaming this is over and i was like no it's he's gonna... a pisces so his like head's always in the cloud so i'm never like i'm never sure if it's like rational dreams or like literally like irrational like come on let's like focus so we eventually it was like our last thing like i actually got a full-time job offer so it was a really, good, really job. good job another really good job and this job wasn't like i, I was i was been very happy to take that job um and so we got an interview with tech stars and it was like that is it like if you if we don't get tech stars like and i think it was in december or november it was like it was like november right yeah so i was like okay no yeah mm -hmm. october november is like mm -hmm. it, new year new job like move on yeah and so we we get to the final round of interviews and and I've been dragging Olivia. Olivia has a job. I've been dragging you out of your job to go to these pitch meetings just to get rejected all the time. So you've like called in. Thank God I like broke my foot earlier that summer. So I just kept saying I had doctor's appointments. But I was like, if I did not have this broken foot, like, I don't know. What and I'm I like, you don't know who this is. This is the premier VC for whatever you have to attend. And so it was the same thing. I was like, this is the tech stars, like final. And it'd be funny because in the early rounds, they're like, where's Olivia? Like, you're all you're doing is just pitching me olivia where's olivia i'm like she has a job like you can meet with her on her own time like and so we get to the final round of tech stars and they're like all right come to our office at like 1 p.m and olivia's like no like i have a job like i'm not missing any more time i'm coming after work so we like write to tech stars which is like this incredibly prestigious thing thousands of companies apply they only take 10. olivia's like i'm not available like you have to come at the end of the day seven o'clock and so Alex is like, okay, like fine. Which, Which is Alex, the MD. He's like this like legendary tech guy. Um, um, Who was running the program at the time. So we go to his office. We pitch the business. And he kind of like starts asking like very different questions than like anyone had ever asked before. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was like, I was like, okay, this is interesting. I don't, this guy is just kind of weird. And then at one point to Olivia, he's like, why like did you make us reschedule? And Olivia's like, I can't do it. She's like, so he's like, so will you commit 
to whatever you do fully. And Olivia's like, of course I commit to whatever I do fully. And like, I'm not committed to this yet. And I was like, oh shit, like that's like a terrible sign. <laughs> and then he's like, well, why haven't you committed fully to this? And Olivia's like, the margins are horrible. Like, how am I ever gonna live on like such a little amount of money? Like, do you know how little money you make on a diamond? And I'm like, oh, this is, this is, this is over. Like, like I'm, this is it. But he liked my honesty. <laughs> he loved your honesty. He was like, you know, he's like, all these founders come in here and they just bullshit me. And like, tell me what I want to hear. And you just come in here and just shoot me straight. But yeah, you were just so like honest and candid with him. Um, and so whatever, we weren't sure. We, I was like, that went terribly, Olivia. Like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we walked out of there. I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to take this job. And I think I told that company, I'm probably going to take this job. Mm -hmm. And then we go away for Thanksgiving to Italy with my parents and your dad. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, and also we had this thing because we're selling engagement rings, mm -hmm. right? We're supposed to like sell marriage. But I'm not engaged to Olivia because no. I have no money. We're just dating. <laughs> we're just dating. I'm like $200,000 in debt from business school. And, and Kyle's so, like, we're not going to engage anytime soon. And so there was this weird thing, which in hindsight was a mistake, was like we didn't like always disclose we were dating. We just were like, oh, male, female co-founder. Like if you can read between the lines, we're clearly dating. But we, never, <laughs> we didn't know like to say that or not because we got all this advice not to say it. So we get a call when we're in Italy with our parents and we're like in town that like Alex wants to have a video chat with us mm -hmm. um, to give us some news. So we're like, oh my God, like we might be getting in tech stars. But it's like, is it weird that we're both in Italy? <laughs> like, like if we're just co-founders, like why are we both in Italy <laughs> for, Thanksgiving. for Thanksgiving? Like, does he know? And so we were like, we were like freaked out of like, what should we tell him or not tell him? About it? So we like rush back, like I'm driving the car like a million miles an hour because I like agreed to a time that we couldn't really make. But mm -hmm. we get there in time, we do a Skype video and he says we get in. And we're like celebrating, like getting in means you get, first of all, a huge stamp of like approval and like authenticity, and like street cred. Mentorship. Mentorship. Like you go the program and like you get a, a small investment. You get $120,000, which mm -hmm. like for us at the time was like really meaningful. It was like $120 million. It, was like, it felt like 120. Yeah. And so we turned around to our parents like, guess what happened? Like, I was like, I'm quitting my job. Like, <laughs> like my dad was like, no, <laughs> yeah. don't do that. And all of a sudden, like everyone's like crying and like not happy. No, crying. like. like upset cry everyone's upset Every everyone's really upset we ruined thanksgiving we ruined thanksgiving and like everyone's so sad and like i'm like but i we think we were this confused because like we were really happy but then i was like should i be happy am i ruining my life am i like quitting like this really good job and, and starting like a stupid ass business with this guy i'm not even married to and i had just told my parents i'm taking this other job because i thought you had blown it with alex and really you had saved us mm. um so my parents were really excited i'd really talked up this other job so and like, we're like uh, yeah, it was just, it was weird. So anyways. Whatever, we I quit my job and we started Techstars in January of 2018. And it was like the best experience for us. Um, it really like helped catapult our business. We were around some other incredible founders. Mm -hmm. It was like, we, we were- We yeah. like have mentors and friends like forever from that. Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear-cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever-changing and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. So midway through our first year, you know, we got out of Techstars. Um, we had a really unique opportunity that was kind of both of our dreams was to be on a 
this particular reality television pitch show. That we cannot say the name of. Because we signed an NDA. But we were reached out cold by a production company in California, and they said, hey, we think you guys are doing some interesting stuff. We'd love to feature you on our TV show. But it wasn't guaranteed that we would, like, actually air. Yeah, and then throughout this process, you know, this was, like, the most, like, stability I had semi-had in years. Like, we were funded. The company was going on. And at this point, I had been dating Olivia for... Six years. I would say five. No, we dated in 2013. This was 28. Okay, so yeah, five years. Five, five years, years. Five yeah. years. Five years. Okay. So, so it's okay. And for the past... You <laughs> five know, years is a long time. Five years is a very long time. And I would say the past two years prior to this, Olivia was asking me to propose to her. I was like, what is taking so long? And I'm like, I'm broke. Can't and well, do- he was like, well, I made the biggest commitment to you. I like started a business with you. But I was like, that's not the same thing. But it whatever. wasn't the same thing. And I knew for a very long time I wanted to get engaged. I just didn't know how. And I didn't know how I was going to afford it. Whatever. Um, and so I told a note, we had told no one about this show. We were like sworn under secrecy, not to tell anyone. Um, but I think I, we almost took it like too seriously. We still are, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and so, um, I reached out to Olivia's mother and I said, Hey, you know, I'm going, I think I'm going to propose to Olivia on, that, on this and show. I think I'm going to do it on this show. She was like, what? Like what show? Like she, I think she, she's like a very like secretive woman so i think she, <laughs> she like yeah she likes relished it. the opportunity to be part of like a secret mm-hmm. um and she's like i'm gonna get olivia's finger size because i actually didn't know your finger size. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna get olivia's finger size and there was this diamond which olivia can go into detail that you've always had your so, eye yeah, my on. mom and my dad like i mentioned had their own um antique jewelry business so you had a lot of like beautiful edwardian victorian art deco pieces of jewelry and there's this one particular ring that i saw when i was like eight years old this like beautiful asher cut art deco ring and I was like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with this ring. Like, you have to save this for me for my engagement ring. And she was like, no, I'm not going to save it for you. It's part of my inventory. I'm going to sell it. And, like, your husband's going to get you your own ring. And I was like, okay, kind of forgot about it. Um, um, yeah. But your mother always kept it. Yeah, she and, kept it. <laughs> and so I got it resized and I put it in. Oh, well, you got really lucky that she had this really nice ring waiting for you. Well, I think she was in Miami and she was flying to New York, like, a few days later. So she it was like, it was it worked out. It was mm-hmm. meant to be. It was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So um, I have the ring. I put it in my like shaving kit and we fly to L.A. And when we flew to L.A. for the show, we also brought like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of diamonds. So we were you for were show, yeah. so you were very like distracted with like securing that. So you weren't like paying attention to any of my stuff, which was good. Um, and we went to the rehearsal on studio um, the first day. And I just like gave the ring to the producers, which like in hindsight was like a stranger I never met. I just gave them a big diamond, hoped for the best. Um, <laughs> and we filmed the show, which was unbelievably nerve wracking. Probably one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my life. Yes. Um, I like blacked out completely. I mean, they woke us up at like 430 in the morning and took us to hair and makeup. And like it was yeah. an exhausting day. And we didn't eat. And I don't think we actually went on set till like noon yeah so it was like seven hours of just like waiting i look skinny though well you know you'll never see the footage but i looked i looked good um <laughs> so we did the, the whole show and then i proposed mm-hmm. um, on during the show so i and i thought it was like a joke i was like 
is this for real? Like after I was like, are we like TV engaged or like, are we like really engaged? And I was like, we're really engaged. And they're like, but do not tell anybody. And then, you know, it's, they, they bring um, a psychiatrist to your trailer <laughs> to make sure you're like, not like suicidal after being on television or whatever. And so it's like a more of like a check the box thing. And they bring the, the psychiatrist into our trailer and they're like, Olivia, how are you feeling? And you're like, I don't know. Is this TV engaged? Is this real engaged? And like, and, and then I was like, do I tell people? Do I not? Long story short, we didn't tell like basically anyone we were engaged besides like our family and like my like bridesmaids for like 10 months. And like and I planned this wedding and like secret. And like they were teasing like this. And we are in the engagement ring making business. So it was so freaking annoying that I like couldn't share my proposal. It was so annoying that Kyle was like, just hold out. It's going to be like epic. And they released like to the press, like this season on this unnamed show, like the most in whatever engagement. So we were like, oh, we are for sure. I can't, we were like counting down the days till like the episode goes live. And then like I was at a workout class and this was like 10 months later. And so this was in like March or April, March. And we were getting married in June in Italy and we hadn't told like anyone which was like, I had to like postpone my bachelorette party. It was like super stressful. And I was like, what's going on? Cause we were supposed to air by then. Um, and I got this phone call from one of the producers being like, I'm sorry to tell you like where you're not airing. And this was like, I, I got out of a workout class and I was like walking down like eighth Avenue and I was like a crazy person. I was like hysterically crying, like, why me? It was like a really low point. I, I Well, you were like emotional and crying. And I was like in the like denial phase. I was like, no, guys, like we'll negotiate. Let's have an only online episode. Only the, and you're like, it's not. It's not I was like, happen. we need to move on with our life. We need to invite people. We're getting married in literally three months in Italy. Like we need to tell people. And I think beyond the fact that this was our engagement, I think one of the reasons like this sticks with us for so much is like one, um, we spent that whole 10 month period really doubling down on our manufacturing, anticipating this like viral moment, which never occurred, but it really put the business in a much better shape to handle future demand, mm -hmm. um, which was something I think we all thankful for. And I'm not really sure we could have met the demand in hindsight. No. Um, so maybe that's a blessing in disguise. And the second thing is, you know, being in a startup is like, especially when you're, you're married to your co-founder, is like quite a roller coaster. And I think sometimes when we have hard days or like, you know, it's kind of a dream come true to like run this business. But sometimes when you're having a hard day and everything seems to be going wrong, you can remember that like literally we had this once in a lifetime opportunity that was like the biggest moment of our life. Like that was life like, dream. All of our dreams come true and it didn't really happen but like yet we grew like stronger because of it like i like if i'm ever in a, like a pitch or and i'm in a nervous situation i was like i was on this really stressful situation and like i can handle anything or like we got through something that was at the time like so devastating and i, I know that seems like trivial like obviously there's bigger tragedies in people's lives but it it, it was really hard mm -hmm. um but we got through it had a beautiful wedding um now we have good cocktail party conversation yeah so <laughs> We did, we got through that, you know, our first year, we like, you know, we did pretty well. And then we entered 2019, which was our second year in business. And we launched the collection what, yeah. in January of 2019, which was really exciting. Um, and still like one of the fastest growing parts of our business. So that was a big year. I mean, we thought 2019 was a huge year. We got married that year. We were like, we thought we were on top. We're like, this is it. Like this we're married. It. We're on top of the world. Like our business and doubled that our year. Our wedding was beautiful. Like... Um, we hired more people. It was great. Um, and at the end that year, we're like, okay, like we got a huge disappointment earlier that year, but like at the end of the year, we got 
Forbes 30 Under 30, which was like another big dream. And that was a huge dream of ours. Um, So we went into 2020. We we doubled again that year, um, Mm -hmm. really with like a lot of momentum. We had like we had finally developed like a killer team. Like we were starting to put like the key, like who eventually became like the key members of the team in like the right positions. Mm -hmm. Um, And then COVID happened. Yeah. And we had I mean, our business was always like mainly remote. And we had been trying to like perfect this remote buying experience. And 2020 was like, okay, we're going to finally build our like software and our like portal for like our front end for our customer and like to scale our back end. And so before COVID, we had decided to invest in that. And then COVID happened. Well, I think what's also interesting about that is we had been like wireframing and drawing and like planning and ideating for months on the technology and this was like always our dream Mm -hmm. and then right when covid happened was when we were about to sign the contract to Mm -hmm. like start building the technology and we were like holy shit like like this is the end of the world like we didn't sell a single item i think for at least two weeks the whole world was in shutdown no one knew what was going to happen and i remember our tech team was like all right if you sign the contract today it's like 30% 30% off or some huge number that was like the deal of the lifetime and we were just like do we do it and I was like and that was kind of a moment is like sometimes like in a business you have to like to pick what hill you're willing to die on like you have to sometimes like this is a risk that's like worth like sabotaging the company and this is a risk like probably not with sacrifice yeah and we went for it there and we continued not to sell anything but all of a sudden our expenses like shot way up <laughs> yeah um and so we took a pay cut Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a conversation with our whole team and said, Hey, everyone's going to need to take a pay cut, which was like really sad. And then you kind of felt like you were letting people down, but, um, well, we were trying to not go out of business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then through a variety of, of programs, including PPP and including the economy starting. Well, to- I mean, everything started opening up, I think like May or June, June really of that summer of 2020. And then things like just all of a sudden, like all like physical retail jewelry stores were closed and like we were like the main destination. So COVID actually brought like a huge spike in business. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, yeah, everything turned around. Everyone all of a sudden was going online to buy their engagement rings and we were established there. Everyone, um, our team got repaid. Yeah, uh, yeah I think that's important. Every pay, <laughs> we not only we bring everyone up and everyone certainly got in a raise even beyond what they were originally making but we also paid back the back pay of the pay cuts to everyone which was so it and actually, it was honestly like a few weeks later like it wasn't like yeah, it was, it was like, like this it was, was like pretty three quick. weeks later it was like hey actually you're getting your full salary plus your back pay well, i don't know because new york was completely locked down we couldn't even make pieces we were getting orders and we had to tell people like we couldn't make the thing so like it went from one extreme to like another. I remember I made open. like this formula. I'm like for each week that we get zero dollars in revenue. Like this is like how like how much money we have to survive. Yeah, you know? I know. Anyway, it was dark times. But then we made the right decision to invest in tech because that's kind of like the direction everything really headed in even more so than before COVID. Um so that's been like our main focus and kind of like a huge dream of ours to create. Yeah. And so like 2020, we actually launched some of the backend tools, which I think has allowed us once again to double the size of the business that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we entered 2021 with a ton of momentum. And we we throughout this whole time, despite doubling, 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 we were still in a windowless room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just more and more people. Ooh, we're so in 2021, we finally moved into like a proper, a grown up office. We took advantage of some COVID deals um and we doubled the size of the team and 
definitely like quadruple the size of the office and it was really nice because it's like all these like people who were there in the beginning who were like in this windowless room like, like I think, grinding i can't believe it i can't believe it i got to see like that transformation mm -hmm. and like even got to be part of like building literally the office like it was like a, a box which is like very fitting that we got to like create the space for ourselves mm -hmm. um and then 2021 we finally were able to launch the front end customer facing sides of the technology which many of you if you've worked with us for your engagement ring this year known as gem and your gem portal so you have like your own little space um in your portal so you can see all your diamonds and go through the whole process right there and that's been an incredible experience and you know as as the country has opened back up um we've we started to do a few live events which is mm -hmm. something we never could have afforded to do back in the day but have really been really effective and, and something we're really excited about moving forward um and I think now we're at this really unique, you know, inflection point where like we were like this little baby, like just getting by, like on hustle startup in a windowless room. Mm -hmm. And now it's like we have like a meaningful revenue. We have like longtime customers who've been buying from us from years. We have members of the team who've been working here for years who have like built it alongside us. And we're at this moment where we can really grow into like something we always dreamed it of it being. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's revolutionizing luxury yeah no. this generation's jeweler for life <laughs> should we just <laughs> go back but but like i think <laughs> i think it's really exciting and the great thing is when you take a step back is like how many couples how many customers were we there for like the happiest moments of their lives and like got it right mm -hmm. like how many people were like when they got their like big promotion were we able to make them like put a smile on their face and have something that's to, the best part yeah and, and like i and just to be with someone potentially like beyond the length of like the company even mm -hmm. is just like it's really special and it's, and it's a privilege and a responsibility we take very seriously you know we continued that like customer centric you know attitude because at the end of the day like what we've built is like so based on a, the reputation of the business that's like really all we have and we like guard that like with our lives yeah um, uh, a lot of people have been asking me um what is it like working with your spouse so i don't know if you want to start I mean, I think it's great. It's It can be really romantic to build something alongside someone, you know. Um, it doesn't work for everyone. And I think it's and, it, and it's not a, like a strength of someone's relationship. It's just some people work well together, some people don't. I think it depends on the couple, too. Like, I think for us, what works well is that we have very different roles and we have like a lot of respect for like our responsibilities. Like you have like your part of the business. Like I'm not interested in like the taxes or the finances or like anything like that sometimes i'm not either but. <laughs> yeah but and then i you know deal with like the diamonds and like the designs and all of that and we really have like distinct roles sometimes they like converge in like marketing and like um social media and stuff like that but we i think contribute equally and like have respect for each other's like positions so yeah like, it's something i like learned like even when i was in africa doing business is like you come in somewhere like as an outsider or as like two co-founders or whatever and like sometimes like often co-founders disagree on things and that's healthy and like debate is part of growth and whatever um but i think it's always important to like present a united front you know so it's like olivia could be like totally wrong about something i'm probably gonna back her up in front of everyone and then behind the scenes i'm like yo you were like super wrong about that. i'm never wrong though. exactly olivia's never wrong so this has never happened but like <laughs> should it have happened um but i think it's really good to like always be united and like you know we're working you know in some ways like by being married like we have committed to ourselves for life, you know? So a lot of founders, like as the business develops, like, you know, the ultimate long-term strategies or like desires, like, you know, change. I'm not 
probably always aligned. Not always aligned, but ours, like we are working to the same things. So, okay. What piece of advice, you know, what, what, what would you tell Olivia in 2018 who just joined Techstars and was scared to speak to the front of the class? What would you tell her today? I would tell her to trust the process and that you're on the right path and to have patience and to believe in yourself. When you, were making, making, when you were making smoothies and your future seemed dim, what would you tell um, younger Kyle? Well, this is like less poetic, but it's like, you're right. Like the world's gaslighting you. Like you're gonna be successful. Like this is crazy. Like don't worry, don't worry about it. Like I had such a North Star that like I am going to be successful, like no matter what. And I am successful and I have all the resources to be successful. And like not in like it sounds maybe arrogant, but like I really believed in myself and no one else did. And like it's super important. You were an O that was a OG manifesting. OG manifesting. Yeah. That you were it manifesting was. without even knowing you were manifesting. Yeah, I've always believed and in affirming. myself. affirming. You're yeah. like, I am successful. Yeah. Uh, so that's like, honestly, I just, but I needed to hear that because there were days I was like, oh I my God. I mean, no God. one else was telling you it. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Everyone was like, oh man. Like, and like, and it was, yeah, we could go into that. But like, <laughs> just believe in yourself. I think that's the, the same theme for me too. Yeah, it was just, yours was a little more like poetic. It was okay. like, it was nicer. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You were an amazing guest. I think this was like kind of like an insight. We've never done episodes like this before. So it was, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was uh, cathartic. Yeah. But um, tell everyone where they can follow you. You can Instagram. follow me at I don't know how to follow end this. the clear cut. Yeah, just follow the clear cut. <laughs> follow the clear cut. And spread the word. Spread the word. We make tell the best friends. engagement rates. Yes. It was so much fun having a walk through memory lane. <laughs> oh my god! It was so much fun having a walk through memory lane with Kyle and kind of going through all of the things we've been through in the past. Um, I'm gonna pose the same question that I did to him to you guys. What is something you would tell your younger self now, looking back? <laughs>